What's wrong with you people? All God's people are called to pursue the Great Commission, and that includes you. So if you're looking for theological education that includes both academic challenge and hands-on ministry experience, we suggest Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Whatever theological foundation you need, they'll help you build it. Whatever ministry experience it takes, they'll help you find it. And wherever God calls, they'll help you get there. Whether you're just beginning your journey or have decades of experience, Southwestern Seminary is committed to helping you live your calling. Learn more at swibbits.edu forward slash admissions. Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast. My name is Matt Hensley, and I am joined by Kyle, non-alcoholic beerman who is fresh off of a whirlwind trip to Waco yeah. and Corpus Christi, the home yeah. of Whataburger. And there, there's, all, there is nothing, there's nothing fresh about me this morning. Yeah. I am wiped. Yeah. How was, how was a uh, Corpus man? You know, it was, it was good. Um, I wasn't there for very long. Uh, maybe 36 hours or so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't in, I wasn't in Waco or Corpus Christi. Uh, so, so for our listeners, um, I think we've shared before, Texas has two state conventions, and uh, this year they decided to meet um, at the same time. Yeah. And uh, so in my role, um, I I got to uh, drop into both of them. Uh, They were about five hours apart uh, across the state. So I saw all of Texas this week and uh, then then got home uh, late yesterday afternoon. Um, And so, yeah, I'm I'm dragging just a little, just a little. I, uh, I, I've been traveling like crazy, so I actually decided not to go because I wasn't going to do both and also wasn't going to deal with the, you know, any kind of PR problems of not going to one or the other or whatever. So yeah. I just decided I'll just make all of them mad. You know, if you can't make yep. both happy, just stay home. Yeah. Uh, anyway, a lot of great stuff is happening with our friends at the Texas Baptist and the Southern Baptist of Texas Convention and some great things really happening all Across our country, seeing, you know, this is kind of annual meeting season and so forth, where all the pastors go there to get a job. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Church members that hear this, we're joking. However, we're joking. I want to share a little something, something, because pastor, it's not without exceptions, but sometimes it's a good idea to delete that resume off of your computer. Decide now that your yes is all in where you are lay down roots, trust God with all your heart, and see what he does without you pulling the ripcord too soon. Kyle, I shared that the other day, and it got me to thinking, maybe all the pastors should quit. Yep. All of them. Yep. Everybody should quit. At least a few things, right? Because you recently (laughs) wrote an article on the North American Mission Board website uh, nam.net where you can get all kinds of stuff from evangelism, youth, next gen, all of those things. But there's also a little uh, corner of that website that you are like the Lord over. And uh, that's the Nam uh, replant blog. So yeah. I want to talk today about your article that tells pastors they need to quit like right when I'm posting, hey, pastor, don't quit. So let's talk about that. Number one, Quit measuring success by how many people are in your pews on Sunday morning. Pastor, 
Stop it. Stop that. Kyle, why? It's it's a terrible um, measure of success. Um, and as pastor, um, there there are there are some things that you can control. There are some things that you can influence. Um, what, what I finally learned was um, the the folk. How many folks decide to get out of bed and make it to church or not make it to church that morning uh, does not depend on you, pastor. Um, now it's not to say that. I mean, we'll both argue that that church attendance is important. That folks should be in church on Sunday mornings. Um, sometimes life happens and 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 things come up and they're out of town. Um, so, and and sometimes there's no rhyme or reason for that. I think we've both experienced those Sundays where you know one Sunday you had just just a killer crowd and I mean the spirit was good, and then the very next week it's like dead in the room. And and for a long time, like. Um, kind of my emotions would ride those waves. I'd be really, man, we had a great Sunday morning. Lots of people here. Man, that, there was nobody here. It was awful. Um, but, but I finally dawned on me. I said, there's no rhyme or reason. It's this this family was out of town. And especially if you're in a small small church, normative-sized church, um, two families that are out for, for whatever reason, sick or on vacation, that, that can drastically affect your attendance. And so, um, yeah, measuring success, measuring your self-worth as a pastor by how many people are in the pews is a losing game yeah. always. Yeah. I remember at Mayhill, my uh, my office was kind of the outward facing uh, room for an, our entire <clears throat> building. And so I could see the entire parking lot from there. And, and I had to learn, man, close those windows on Sunday because, you know, during Sunday school or something, I'd look out there and be, oh, man, today's going to be rough. And yeah. uh, and then, like, I'd get in and, and the, you know, the sanctuary and, and attendance was great. And suddenly my my mood changed. And obviously, we're happy and we should be glad when when there's a great crowd. Of course, we're not saying don't celebrate those kind of things, but don't beat yourself up when it's down a little bit. Your identity is not in how many people are on the pews, in the pews. On Sunday, if they're on the pews too, I mean, you might have little ones that are climbing all over them. But uh, quit measuring success or finding your identity and how many people are in the pews on Sunday mornings. They are going to fluctuate like the weather in Texas. It's okay. Yep. It's okay, Kyle. Yeah, and and that's not to say that numbers are completely unimportant, right? So I'm not I'm not advocating oh just complete you know stop counting your numbers. No, no, the the numbers are important. Um, but they're a lousy overall measurement of ministry success. So it's not to say because n- numbers do represent people, and and it's good to know how many people you know you have as a part of your church on a regular basis. But it's it's not a good um, measuring tool to say, hey, are we effective or are we not? All right. So pastor, stop doing that. Number two, uh, unless that church is First Baptist Church of Alamogordo. Quit comparing your church to the one down the road. Otherwise, you feel really... I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Kyle. Quit comparing your church to the one down the road. God has called you to the church. You are serving. And just like that tweet I shared a little earlier, you know, we pull that ripcord too soon that we see that, you know, so-and-so up the road is seeing this and doing that. And so maybe we start thinking, "Ah, I'd like to be in a place like that or whatever. And you start kind of doing the compare game. So... So number two, quit comparing your church to the one down the road. Kyle, why? So again, like kind of like measuring your success by how many people are in pews. This is always a losing game uh, because 
you're either going to prop yourself up and say, man, I'm glad I don't have the problems that church has. Amen. Or you're going to say, man, I wish, you know, the, the grass would be so much greener if I was just in a church like that. And one of the great things that I've learned being in this role and, and visiting with churches from 30 to 3,000 and, and everywhere in between is, um, it, so if, you're in a, if you're in a normal sized church, you kind of have this pipe dream of, man, I just want to be in a mega church because I think everything would be, would be solved. No. Um, because then the conversations I've had with megachurch pastors, megachurch staff, you, you know, the complaints that I hear and, and the, the struggles that, that they face in ministry, they're the exact same as the guy who's in a church of 30 people. Um, they, they don't have enough volunteers. Um, people send them angry emails and get mad over, over little things that there, there is no perfect church. And so, you know, this it's kind of the social media syndrome, right? We or the, the Instagram syndrome where you can you start looking at somebody else's Instagram feed and think, man, their life is so perfect. They have it all together. No, you're seeing what they want you to see by what they post. And the same is true when you're looking at another church from a distance. Um, you, you you may see the, the successes, you may see the good things, but you don't see the struggles that are there under the surface. And they are absolutely there. There is not a perfect church. And secondly, and you you, you mentioned this as well. God hasn't called you to that church. God's called you to the church where you are with the people that you have. Um, no other church on the face of the planet has the mix of the people that your church has. No one else has their gifts, their talents, their abilities in the in in the um, the makeup that God has put in that church. So it's it's a losing game when you compare yourself to the church down the road. And um, you know, I think. In um, in our book, Replanting Rural Churches, one of the guys that we interviewed said, you know, it's it, sometimes we can look at the grass that's greener on the other side and, and begin to, to long for that. But that might be a septic tank <laughs> that's better than that, that that's, that's, uh, that's fertilizing that grass, and you don't want to be a part of, uh, of what, what's going on over there. All right. So quit measuring success by how many are in the pews on Sunday. Quit comparing your church to the one down the road. And number tres. Quit trying to meet everyone's expectations of you, right? And we just kind of talked about, you know, normative church, 50, 100 people, mega church, 5,000, whatever. Uh, that's that's like 50 to 5,000 different people's expectations of who you are to be and what you are, what you are to dress, all that kind of stuff. And, and just look, just look at the sbc.net, like job descriptions where they want like the pastor with a young family that has like 50 years of experience. Like there's, there's no rhyme or reason with a lot of those expectations. So number three, pastor, you got to quit trying to meet everyone's expectations of you. Why? Well, Matt, sooner or later, you are going to disappoint everyone in your life. Uh, I, I started that <laughs> at, a, at an early age. <laughs> and, 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 and the same is true of all of us, right? Sooner or later. You are going to disappoint everyone. So, and, and you know, I think this is where pastors and churches get into a lot of trouble in like year two, uh, when that honeymoon phase ends, and the pastor learns that these people aren't, you know, the, the this isn't the perfect church that I thought I was coming to, and, and the people learn this isn't the perfect pastor that we thought we were getting, um, and and those those unmet expectations, um, disappointments. Um, look. They're going to happen uh, because you're not perfect. You you are still a, a even though you are 
I, I hope, Pastor, listening to this, that you are redeemed, you that you are in Christ. But but even then, you're still a sinful human being who is going to not do everything perfect all the time. And the people in your church are not going to do everything perfect all the time. And uh, so, look, most nights of the week, there will be someone that expects you to be at something, uh, whether that's a committee meeting, something that. Oftentimes, the best place that you can be is at home with your family. Not not always. That's not saying you you just, you know, man, all right, that's it. I'm not going to any more committee meetings. No, you can't do that. (laughs) But you you do need to limit um, the time that you're away from home as much as possible because your your family is your first ministry responsibility. Um, And so if if you're going to disappoint people and, and you are, I think it's important to realize to to make sure that you're disappointing the right people, um, and and so look, you know, understand. Someone's gonna love your message most Sundays. Someone's gonna hate your message most Sundays. Um, you know, someone's gonna be upset that you didn't come visit them in the hospital, even if they haven't let you know that they're in the hospital. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and that's not again. That's not to say that you just you know you say okay, I stop caring what you know. Uh, stop caring if people like me or not. No, that's not it. But you, you have to understand you're not going to meet everyone's expectations because not everyone's expectations are realistic and you're not perfect anyway. So even if they were realistic, you're not going to meet all of them all the time. Yeah, this would be a great time to mention a great book to read if you haven't. It's it's a little older now, uh, but The Pastor's Justification by Jared C. Wilson. Fantastic. It's a, yep. It's a great book. Uh, that really, I think, helps along uh, really all of these lines, but that, certainly here. And uh, that's so probably the need. number one book that I've recommended to pastors. Um, it is absolutely outstanding. Yeah. yeah. A little known fact: the uh, C in Jared C. Wilson's name stands for CSB. Anyway, number four: quit making excuses. See, even though this entire podcast has been about excuses, whether you have a lot of people or a few people or whatever, they're just going to come in. I'm just kidding. Quit. Making excuses, Pastor. Uh, This we could probably have an entire episode on, uh, but but quit making excuses, Kyle. um, What would be the reason uh, that that a pastor needs to quit making excuses? Um, Because oftentimes they're they're bad excuses for uh, avoiding important tasks. Yeah. Um, Look, you know, every, every pastor has that church member that. You know, they don't want to call. They, they don't want to go see in the hospital. Um, stop it. Do it anyway. It's probably not going to take as long as you think. And it's probably not going to be as bad as you're making it out to be in your in your head. Um, not always. <laughs> Sometimes it is exactly as bad as you think. But most of the time, it's not. Um, and and that's the work of a shepherd, right? Caring for the sheep that love you and, and also caring for the sheep that uh, want to hit you in the back of the head when you're not looking. Um, but stop making excuses, care for your people, pick up the, pick up the phone, make that hard phone call. Um, stop procrastinating on this week's sermon and say, Oh, you know, I have so much to do. No, that, that is, um, you, you've got that deadline every single week, carve out the time, uh, prepare for your sermon. Um, and, and here's one that I didn't put in the article, but I think is important too. Matt, how long has it been since we shut down everything for COVID? I don't know. I tried to forget that. <laughs> it's years. been it's been two and a half years. Yeah. Um, and so listen, it is time 
to stop blaming COVID for issues in your church. It's been two and a half years. Um, it, and we, we, we've talked about this before. Uh, yes, in, in a lot of cases, things look very different. Um, it's, it's a new reality, right? A, as, as cliche as it is, new normal. Um, but it's two and a half years later. This is normal now. Um, and so, you know, if, if you're still kind of pining for pre-COVID, uh, you know, the numbers or the, 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 the ministry activities that you had going on, um, you know, as harsh as it sounds, figure it out in 2022 as we head into 2023. Figure out what ministry looks like in your context now. Yeah, um, I think there's, this is great. There, we're, we're not going backwards. Yeah, I know. Uh, this, this is a great time to also remember uh, the old line that the buck stops here. Uh, you you are the pastor. You're the shepherd, and you signed up for this. And uh, and so th- this also means taking responsibility when when you have uh, missed something, forgotten something, yeah. you know, messed up. Own it. Own yeah. it. Apologize. Move on. And uh, but yes, by all means, make those hospital visits. All of us are going to kind of land on that pendulum between great preacher great pastor in in terms of that, you know, that faithful uh, pastoral care side of things to the faithful exposition side of things. All of us have a strength there, most likely. Very few of us are going to be right 50-50 on the line. But if you find yourself that, hey, I'm a a much better preacher and and I'm not a big fan of of the whole pastoral care thing, uh, you you might need to kind of reassess a few things and certainly making sure uh, that that you have a system in place where people are being visited, but you'll also find you'll be a much better preacher if you're with your people anyway. So like, like Kyle said in the article, stop scrolling social media and go make a hospital visit, go make a home visit. Uh, you, you've got a shut-in uh, in your church, undoubtedly today, that you could go and visit and you would probably make their week, month, perhaps even year because kids are gone, their you know grandkids are gone, their health is failing, they can't get out. And, and they're lonely and they're isolated. And, and you popping in for 15, 20 minutes while you're on the way to, to go get groceries or something uh, or, or go and picking up something, I would say at Lifeway, uh, but I don't know where we go and pick up stuff now. Best Buy, when we go to get the new projector, whatever it is, popping in on a visit, you'd be surprised how that can turn around somebody's day, week, month, perhaps even year. Uh, especially, uh, even though Kyle said, just stop talking about COVID, especially after COVID, where there has been so much isolation and everything else. So quit making excuses excuses, uh, for inability to pronounce things too. So number one, quit measuring your success by how many people are in the pews on Sunday mornings or any day of the week. Uh, Quit comparing your church to the one down the road. Quit trying to meet everyone's expectations of you, except your mamas. And then number four, quit making excuses. Kyle, any final thoughts? Anything else just off the top of your head that a pastor needs to quit other than quitting his role? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they need to quit quitting. Um, uh, you probably need to quit listening to this podcast and study for a sermon or something. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> All no, right. I, I, yeah. 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 Well, until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as a gospel you declare. Have a great day. And pastor, quit it. Stop it. Stop doing these things. Please.
What's wrong with you people?